Today, we are in a section of the book of Philippians that's probably the most taught and quoted uh, passage in the Bible, uh, maybe other than Psalm 23, because it addresses a common issue that we all deal with called anxiety. And it describes to us the very peace of God. And uh, as I was preparing the message, I kept working on point number one and just kept working on point. And the more I worked on it, the deeper it got and the broader it got. And uh, I just thought, okay, we'll just deal with point number one today. And then next Sunday, we'll go to point number two. And we may get to three. I don't know. The Lord will lead us. But this is such fertile ground that we're on right now. So let's not get in a hurry, and let's see what the Lord has for us today. Verse 4 says in chapter 4 of Philippians, Rejoice in the Lord sometimes, always. And again I say, what? Rejoice. Twice he has said it. Someone said, if you hear it in stereo, meaning twice, you need to listen. Let your forbearing spirit be made known to all men. The Lord is near. So be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, the Greek word is irene, say irene, irene, say you know some Greek now. The peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So I think I've renamed this sermon, God's Prescription for Peace, Part 1. And the point we want to bring home today is the first point of our three-point message. First of all, recognize the presence of Christ in you. Paul, in writing from uh, <clears throat> Rome to the church at um, Philippi that he helped to plant, is saying to a church that's overwhelmed by its culture, the pagan polytheism of the culture in which they live, the harshness of the times in which they live, you can have peace. Because every day, death threatened them whether by Caesar or illness or other sufferings of war that they never started, their peace was threatened just about every day. And the Apostle Paul is saying to them, you can have the peace of God. And I really believe God is speaking to us in our day, our day of war, our day of conflict, our day of highest anxiety that we've ever lived in. You can have peace. God's peace. God wants you to have His peace. In fact, that's what Jesus said to His disciples. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, but my peace I give unto you. So what we're going to discover is the Lord is near to us if we are believers in Christ. In fact, now hear this carefully. God is nearer for those of you who believe in Jesus because the Holy Spirit literally lives and resides in you. God, hear this, God is nearer to you than you are to yourself. 
He knows you better than you know you. And He knows what's going on in your life. The peace that God offers is different from the peace of this world. And then let that be point number one under point number one. The peace of God is not like the peace of this world. God's peace and what the world's peace that the world offers are not the same. We hear about peace in the Middle East. And we define that by meaning peace is the absence of conflict. If I could just get away from conflict, I'll be at peace. No. God's peace is peace, a serenity that you can have, a joy that you can have in the midst of conflict. God's peace is not the absence of conflict. God's peace is a serenity, an assurance, a confidence, a kind of hope that holds you together, that allows you to sleep well, that allows you to have healthy relationships that allows you to succeed at at the goals of life that God lays upon your heart because you are not driven by anxiety from the world. You are led along by the very peace of Almighty God. Now look carefully in verse 7. The peace of God, which goes beyond or surpasses all comprehension. He's talking about what we can conceive in our mind or what we're able to understand with our mind, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now the word in Christ means that we have a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Because of our sin, we are enemies of God. And there is an enmity, a division, a distance between us and holy God because of our sin. The good news is, Jesus, who is the Son of God, left heaven, came to earth, died on the cross, and bore the penalty of our sin, which is death and hell, and was raised from the grave on the third day. And because He was victorious over the payment of our sin, we now have a relationship with Holy God. By the grace that God has shown to us, In His Son, Jesus Christ. Now, this peace of God in Jesus Christ is beyond human comprehension. In other words, a self-help book at the library cannot explain this kind of peace. And there are a lot, there are a ton of podcasts and uh, strategies and self-help books to help us, trying to help us, lower our anxiety. We may call that behavioral psychology. We may call it, well, there's one, there's a new one out. Well, it ain't brand new, but it's kind of new, called happiness psychology. And yet, we are not quite yet able to have that peace that sustains us because we've not yet discovered the peace of God that has come to us. So peace doesn't come through education. Peace doesn't come through reading a book. Peace doesn't come through yoga. Peace doesn't come through mental exercises. Peace is a relationship with holy God who loves you. Tia, thank you for singing that song because it said God is good all the time. God is good. 
and he loves you. And if you don't hear me say anything else today, hear me say this. You are loved by holy God. Loved so much that he would die for you. And he did die for you. Now this peace of God is never delayed. It's always available for us. Unlike the peace of the world, it com- uh, the worldly peace comes and goes. God's peace is always available. Always faithful. Will never leave you. We may leave him, but he never leaves us. This is a kind of reassurance that we have. When we doubt, when we're troubled, uh, when we're at the end of our rope, so to speak, God is there for us, and he shows up because he lives in us. This peace is accessible. Hear this. This peace is accessible anytime because holy God is living in you and me. I've come to learn that God doesn't give us answers to all of life's problems and eternity and hereafter in heaven, but he does give us promises. And one of the promises that God gives us is that he gives us his peace. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, and this has become my verse of Scripture because, um, you know, if anybody's dealt with anxiety in their life, I certainly have had my share. But Isaiah 26, 3 is one of the great promises of God about peace. Jesus gave us the biggest one, My peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, but my peace I give to you. God says in the book of Isaiah, chapter 26 and verse 3, You keep him in perfect peace. See, God's peace is perfect peace. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And that's the same thing Paul says here in this verse of Scripture. The peace of God. The peace from heaven that is eternal, transcendent. It's beyond this world. It is eternal in the heavens coming to us. And this peace is faithful. The peace of God. That's the peace of God. Surpasses all understanding. Will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I have some good news that I've learned about anxiety. One, anxiety is a response or a reaction that leads to a feeling. God created us to have feelings. And anxiety has its good side. It's anxiety that keeps us alive while we drive. Stay with me here. Anxiety, for example, is what keeps us alive and alert when we drive. Anybody driven in the, on, on the interstate in the last two or three months? Anybody? Yeah. Well, we went to Georgia a couple of, sun, couple of weekends ago, went through Nashville, went through Chattanooga, went through Atlanta, and then got to pretty near Augusta, Georgia, and turned right to a little town called Warrington. All the way down there, I was so anxious because the big trucks, and I mean you 18-wheeler guys, I'm praying for you now more than ever. I mean, I said that five years ago, and I mean it even more now. They're just like this all the time. And then there's those people pulling in and pulling out, you know, and you're just trying to stay alive so you can arrive safely. 
Well, that's a kind of anxiety. And when you have an anxiety like that, it keeps you awake and keeps you alive. That's kind of the positive side of anxiety. But then there's the negative side. The negative side of anxiety is when it controls you to the point that you have heart trouble, that you develop illnesses, that you become uh, paranoid, and that you take a weapon like the man did up in Maine and you slaughter other people. You become homicidal as well as suicidal. That's when anxiety rules you. The good news is you have power over your anxiety. And that power is not from a self-help book. That power is given to us through the heavenly book, God's word to us, by a personal relationship with God who is eternal, who is our peace through Jesus Christ. In fact, the Bible says Jesus who came from heaven to earth, who broke down the wall of separation between us and God because of our sin. In fact, the more sin you're in, the greater your anxiety, folks. It's holiness that brings you peace because God is holy. And when God is in control of your life, that's the source of eternal peace. When you're anxious, it doesn't mean that you're unspiritual or you're a bad person. Anxiety, and I've come to learn this, is an opportunity to grow in the grace of Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul said in Ephesians, He Himself is our peace. The peace of this world is also elusive, it's deceptive, it's temporary, and it's based upon the circumstances that we find ourselves in. Sometimes we call that happiness. There's something out there called the American myth, the three, uh, the three A's of the American values that are a myth. Affluence, accomplishment, and appearance. Everybody in this world is trying to feel okay, settled, serene, at peace by being affluent. In other words, have a lot of money. Accomplishments, have a lot of success. Or appearance, look good. In other words, if you have a lot of money and you're successful and you're looking good, then you're going to have happiness and peace. Is that really true? No, it's not. In fact, it is a myth. True and lasting peace is not based upon the external circumstances we are in. The peace of God prevails when our circumstances fail us. Wednesday night we studied in James this verse, consider it all joy. Now, now listen to where he goes with this word joy. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces, produces endurance, and let its endurance have its complete result so that you may be complete and perfect, lacking in nothing. How can you have joy and go through trials all at the same time? The answer is the Jesus who died on the cross for your sin, 
Jesus who removed what separates us from holy God, Jesus who makes us holy, and the Bible calls us saints, this same Jesus is in charge of the trouble that we are in. In fact, the psalmist says about this kind of peace, You make known to me the path of life, and you fill me with joy in your presence. That's not a someday, that's a two-day. The presence and power of the peace of God through the Holy Spirit with eternal pleasures that are at your right hand. So God's peace is different from the world's peace. Peace from this world is temporary, deceptive, and unfulfilling. But the peace of God is always faithful, eternal, and transcendent. It even goes beyond this world. So God's peace and the, and the peace of this world are different. And number two, God's peace, and this is where this Bible study in verse 7 is going to get really good. God's peace is our defender, our garrison, our defender. Now look carefully at this verse 7 with me. It says, The peace of God, the peace from God, which transcends all understanding, will guard, guard, guard your heart and your mind. Now your heart's where your feelings are. Your mind is where your rationale is. But that word guard means one who goes before you and knows what's coming to watch over you so that you arrive okay. That's what the word guard means. It's made of two words. One word is pro, which means go before, future. Horao, which means to see with the eyes or to see with the mind and perceive the future. I've heard it said like this at Ekron. Whatever happens to us, is not a surprise to God. Whatever has been happening to you has not been a surprise to God. God's not up in heaven going, oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> what are we going to do down there? How are we going to handle this? God goes before you and he knows what's coming in front of you. Now the question is, are you following him? Now, you get off track, God knows where you're going there, too. But if you're following Christ, He is your sentinel. He is going before you. He is your garrison. These are military terms. He is your guard. The peace of God goes before you. The peace of God knows the way through the fog of spiritual warfare. Isn't that cool? You think that's cool, say amen. You think that's groovy, say amen. God knows your future. And he will watch over your heart as well as your mind. God and the hosts of heaven are a mighty army against our anxiety and worry and the fear that may be threatening us today. 
when your circumstance leads you to anxiety, that same circumstance will lead you to pray, to seek a closer walk of grace with the Lord Jesus Christ. So what's the doorway to this peace? Well, the doorway to this peace is in verse 1, uh, for 4 rather, the first one we started studying. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice that your forbearing spirit may remain known to all men. The Lord is near, so be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. What is the doorway that opens this peace? It is worship. And I don't mean just 11 o'clock on Sunday, but every day. You need a 10-minute, a 5-minute, a half-hour worship experience every day. You know, I'd get that song that Taya just sang, and I'd, you know, it's going to be on Facebook. I'd just play that thing all week long. What music are you listening to? Have you laughed lately? Have you giggled so hard that your ribs hurt? You need to do that. I think Christians have gotten so caught up in our anxiety and seriousness of our theological battles, we have forgotten how to laugh. We've forgotten how to laugh. When you read the Gospel of John, it's full of irony and humor. So sing. Learn to laugh. Pray a little longer. Worship every day. Have a a GC, a gospel conversation. Tell somebody your story and how you got saved. Be grateful. Express some gratitude to somebody. Tell somebody thank you. Tell somebody you love them. Share your testimony. Be generous. Tip a little extra today when you go to the restaurant. Minister to somebody else. I... uh, I was at a uh, memorial service this week, a young man who, um, who was um, spe- one of our special needs adults in our church in Louisville, and he sings in the choir, and he can't drive, and his dad's not able to drive him anymore. And another member of the church who retired from the postal service um, picks him up every Sunday morning, drives him to church, picks him up every Wednesday night, drives him to church so he can sing in the choir. And they asked him, why, why do you keep doing this? He said, that's my ministry. That's my ministry. And practice the spiritual disciplines. Prayer, meditation, prayer, meditation, prayer, meditation. The power is not in the act of praying. The power is in the connection you have with the God of all peace. And when you go through your day and you skip that spiritual discipline, then your anxiety, your worldly circumstances that are wanting to control you are beginning to have greater power. But as you practice the spiritual disciplines, the fruit of the Spirit, the host of God's army that is mounted up against every enemy that you have and knows your future and knows what's coming, is a greater power in your life and the peace is much, much greater. So, do you have a relationship with Jesus? Have you given your life to Christ? Have you said, Lord, 
forgive me of my sin. Come in my life. Forgive me. I want to follow you. I want to be saved. If you've not done that, I invite you to come and stand with me right here this morning. I'll help you pray that prayer. We'll get connected to the Lord, give you some literature, help you to follow Christ faithfully. What adjustment, Christian, do you need to make in your life? What small step adjustment do you need to make to access this peace of God that is like a buffet that God is offering to you and me? What little step, what little change has God laid upon your heart this morning? While we sing this hymn of response, would you just rededicate that and say, Lord, help me to make that, that step. Let's stand together with our heads bowed. Our Please. Father, thank you for your love that is greater than we can imagine. Your peace that comes through your love, your presence and power in our life daily. Lord, guide us today during this time of invitation. There's someone here that needs to be saved. There's someone here that you wants to, you've laid on their heart to unite with this church. May they come as we sing. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship service of the Ekron Baptist Church. You too can accept the eternal life offered by Jesus Christ. First, admit that you are a sinner. Then believe that Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins and ask Him to come into your heart and change your life. Then confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you've made this decision today, write to us at the Akron Baptist Church, 2775 Hayesville Road, Akron, Kentucky, 40117. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to be a part of our growing family with programs and Bible studies for all ages. Join us next Sunday at 11 a.m. for morning worship from the Ekron Baptist Church. Until that time, may God bless.